Welcome to Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer and I will be your host. What if I told you you could get a 98% open rate? That is unbelievable. Today's episode, I welcome Ryan O'Connor. He is the founder of Worth Ecommerce as my guest. And we are going to be talking about how to use SMS and email marketing as part of your PR and marketing strategy. So this is the first episode that we're actually getting into and taking a deep dive into SMS. And I'm really excited to share this interview with you and all of the tips and secrets that Ryan shares about not just email and SMS, but also how to turn customers into VIPs and some of his top secret SMS tips, what to do and what not to do. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. And today I have Ryan O'Connor as my guest. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Hi, Lisa. Doing good. How are you doing? Very good. We're going to talk about a new topic that I actually have not explored yet on prior episodes. And it's about, you're going to share with us, I hope, all the insights on how to create VIPs via email and SMS. And it's the SMS part that we have not talked about on any prior episodes. And I know that's something that is, it's been a thing. And I want to if you could like share all the insights, but first tell us how you got to where you are. Cause I was looking on your LinkedIn and saw you have an agency now called worth e-commerce, mm-hmm. but before that you have a nice track record in the UX space and, and more. So share yeah, with yeah. us how, how you got to have your agency today and a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long journey. Ultimately I have, I've had an agency tried to start up a software company Ran a couple, I've ran about seven e-commerce stores, but only two were a success, five failures. And for, you know, over the last eight, eight years or so, most of my journey I've been, when it turned in terms of growing my businesses has been focused on how do I get, you know, a customer in the door for the first time? How do I get that conversion? A lot of my user experience work or my early e-commerce work was focused on that, on conversions. And I think that was, you know, one of the, one of my first big failures. And I, I actually, at some point I became, I was about 120 K in debt and I ended up in my grandma's living in my grandma's trailer park home when I was around like 27 or so, 27, 28. And I, I was, as I was trying to figure out like, what, what did I do wrong? Ultimately I came, I came on, basically I came to the conclusion that I was kind of looking at vanity metrics. I was kind of looking very surface level with my business activities. How do I, you know, my, my only goal again was just to get a conversion. I wasn't thinking about what happens after that. How do I take care of my customers? How do I build loyalty? How do I build a brand that impacts people's lives? And, and, and you know, when you do that and you do it right, you can turn your customers into VIPs. And when you have VIPs, they'll be loyal for years. They help you grow your business. They, they leave great reviews, referrals. And so my last four or five years has been a journey and in, in for me and in, in my, my agency and my business partner has been, how do we create that? And how do we communicate with customers and help our clients best communicate with their customers to deepen those types of relationships? And so you started out in UX design primarily, right? And mm-hmm. now as you've transitioned to focus on, how would you describe what you're focusing on now? Yeah, so I was originally doing UX design and, and CR conversion rate optimization in e-commerce. And then 
along my journey, I, I started some e-commerce stores and I learned about email marketing and SMS marketing. And it, I, I was struggling with profits in my e-commerce stores. I only had about like five to 8% margins. And so that's when I got into email and SMS and, and thinking about developing longer relationships with my customers. And so it, it, I, it, it I a, did very I a, well. I have a question with the whole UX design. So do you think yeah. that brands get too caught up in UX and that it takes away from actually this, you know, kind of now what your focus is and like creating the VIP customers? Because I see that sometimes and I'm just curious since that was yeah. your, that's your, your, your background. Yes. Yeah, that's very, very insightful. I, I, I actually believe in e-commerce in other industries, not so much, you, UX can get very much more important like in software. But in e-commerce, it's, UX has been figured out for the most part when it comes to websites, mobile, and, and desktop experiences. You can kind of, if you, if you choose a good template, if you do a little bit of research, you're going to figure out what the best UX is for the most part. Now, big brands like Nike, they, they'll have very complex custom user experiences and that requires a big budget, but for the most part, for most small businesses, medium businesses, in e-commerce, a lot of it's been figured out and heavily researched. So I, the, one of the reasons I switched industries in my agency was also that there wasn't a lot of people looking to do make big improvements in UX anymore in e-commerce. I think that might change in the future, but right now I think it's more important to develop you know, communication with your customers with people, you know, your your potential customers who haven't bought yet, I think communication and content is more important than the actual user experience on your website or on your social media. Okay, it's, can we talk about that a, a little bit yeah. more? Because I'm, yeah, of course. I really am, am noticing this with with some of my clients and brands that that they're and they're not, you know, Gucci or an Estee Lauder or you know a big, big brand, like a Nike, and they're very focused on UX, which I'm not saying not to be focused on UX, but they're, the focus is primarily UX and then not so much on the content and then the actual customer that they're serving. And when the customer lands there, yes, it's beautiful, but are they really giving the information that that customer or even Google is looking for to send traffic to that page or to go to the next page you know, direct them to the next page to get them to convert to whatever the conversion is, the purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, again, I think there's so many templates out there, especially if you're using Shopify or WooCommerce that have already done all the research. The good ones have, have a team that have done all the research, done a bunch of testing, and now they're releasing an update, updating these templates for you. So if you're a small business, doing UX research, doing all that testing, I personally think is a, is a very low impact item. It's, it's not going to move the needle a lot anymore. And, you know, beautiful experience and easy to use experience. You really shouldn't be doing that custom if you're a, a, a small business. It, it takes too much. If you find it's complex, great, right? It's, it's, it's complex and it, it requires a lot of, you know, extra design touch. Yeah. Right. And if, you know, and I, the deeper root, and I think what you're hinting at here, you know, a lot of with, when brands go to UX, I think they're thinking, how do I make my experience different? How do I stand out with my audience? How do I look different? How do I create good branding? And I think it's a mistake to go to UX in e-commerce. I think it's, I think consumers, you know, they know how to shop online shopping. Once someone's decided to buy a product, which is what your website's for really in e-commerce 
they they expect a, a very standard experience, right? Go browse around, find a product they like, add it to cart, check out, go through an easy one-step checkout. They don't have to create an account and they pay, maybe with PayPal, right? That is very standardized. And so, you know, to create a better user experience, really, which is just a deeper relationship with your customers that, that it creates an emotion in them that differentiate, 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 sorry, differentiates your brand. I think that comes from content marketing and yeah. from communication. And do you think that like this would, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I mean, I know we're talking about e-com, but do you think this also applies to SaaS software as a solution brands where, you know, they're selling, it's it's not in the same exact category as e-com, but they are selling on their site. And I think with SaaS, it's a lot different because with SaaS, the model is get as many people as possible in usually for a free trial subscription. Maybe it's paid, but with SaaS, a user has to be able to come in and have the easiest experience possible and achieve their goal with the software as fast as possible. If it's clunky, if it takes too long, if it's confusing, if it's visually cluttered, that puts extra cognitive load on the user and it makes them not want to use the SaaS app. So UX is very important for SaaS and testing. There's a lot of different types of applications and every new app has a learning curve. Whereas with e-commerce, it's, it's not, there is no learning curve. There should more, be a yeah, learning just curve just out of more straightforward. Yeah. 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 Um, same with like B2B service businesses like us as an agency, the user experience is figured out and creativity comes in and the user experience really just comes in content strategy, mm-hmm. which is actually when I was back in UX, I, I left about four years ago, UX uh, strategy, content strategy was actually a thing. How do mm-hmm. we communicate on a deeper level? I don't know what it looks like now, but. I feel like a lot of e-com companies, and I talked about this with Jordan too, one thing that they're missing is the content strategy part of it, where they don't really. Um, so a lot of e-commerce companies. I, um, what, one thing that I see is a lot of e-commerce brands that I've worked with, or just that I observe, they're in my masterminds, is that they miss the mark when it comes to content on their site, because they just focus on bringing people to the site and then converting them instead of nurturing them and educating them with whether it's educational articles or just, you know, trending blog articles that are, you know, maybe match the lifestyle audience that aren't super, you know, salesy. They're just educational and informative. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, that's a really good point. You know, we've we've helped about over the last four years of doing email and SMS, we've helped around a thousand e-commerce businesses. We have a, uh, close to a hundred active clients right now. And all of our top brands, our top clients have the same thing in common, the, the same few things in common. Number one is the easiest way to pinpoint a great brand is their repeat customer rate usually very high above 30%, maybe 50%. And all those brands that have a high repeat customer rate are creating content. It might be the owner that's the personal brand. So they, they, they'll do podcasts. We have a client called, her name's Jenny. She has a, a business called Designs by Planner Perfect. She has a podcast that comes out, I think once a week. She's active on Instagram and speaking the message, kind of the, the message and values behind her brand. She talks about that a lot not necessarily her products all the time. And, you know, we have other brands like in the pet space, CBD space, like with CBD, our, our clients are always educating or talking about 
like maybe the pain points, why people use CBD, maybe anxiety, having a hard time sleeping, because those are the things that sell rather than, Hey, we have a cool new CBD tincture, or we have CBD for your, we have a client that has CBD for horses. It's funny, but they don't talk directly about their products or promote products as much. It's, it's a good balance of content strategy. How do we actually connect with our audience so that our audience feels, you know, remembers us. Ultimately, the goal of marketing is not to, you know, spend as much money as possible on marketing. It's you want to create a memory structure in your target audience. The stronger the mem- your audience's memory is for your brand, the more market share you're going to have, the more customers are going to come back again and again. So an ad that promotes a product can get a conversion, but it doesn't create a memory structure occasionally. It's very hard though, but like, you know, all that content marketing, the exposure to your brand, to all the content you're creating that helps your audience, that's what creates that memory structure, which leads to those, you know, higher repeat customer rates and and the better branding. I love that whole memory structure thing. That's brilliant. Really brilliant. So we started talking about how to create VIPs using email and SMS. So what are some of the, how do we start? Where do, how do we unpack that? Yeah. So, you know, before, before you, you start thinking about that, it is really important to start to grow your list of email subscribers and SMS subscribers. You know, there's no point to market people if you only have a couple hundred so you know one of the i what what we really believe even though we're an email sms agency we believe the most important part is actually collecting those email addresses collecting those phone numbers and if you think about it whether you're a company running ads or doing pr or doing social media to drive all that traffic to your website usually only one to three out of every hundred people, one to three percent will buy on any given visit. So you're missing out on 97 to 99 percent of people that a lot of them just leave forever. Whereas if you do it right, about up to 15, 20 percent of your visitors at any given time are willing to exchange something, not necessarily purchase, but make an exchange. And that exchange is an email or their SMS for something in return. So the most common things are like discounts or some kind of free content or educational content and and really getting your your pop-ups and your forms to collect that and the offer, right? That your audience actually finds value in is I think it's the most important thing. And then once you have that, the cool thing is you can actually measure like the value of every email and the value of every text number. And you'll know that at some point in the business, like, Hey, every email I get, I know is going to be worth $2 a month or every phone number I get, I know is going to be worth $15 a month to the business. And that that's really exciting, you know, for a business owner looking at growth. What are some good examples of how to grow your list? I mean, I know you just mentioned pop-ups and forms and maybe like some lead gen, like e- ebook type things. Are What are, are those some of the best ways or what are some kind of unique ways that you can recommend that really work? So pop, pop up, a, a pop-up at, for, for small brands, just getting started with this, with trying to figure out how to grow your list, a pop-up site-wide is usually the best. And I wouldn't, you know, a lot of companies just say, here's 10% off. Really the the offer that you have in the pop-up is, is what gets people to sign up. So usually you can tease someone, you know, do you want a discount? or something like that, they say yes, then you could give them something. Or you have games where people can spin the wheel, 
or there's there's another like scratch scratch off to win a prize that kind of stuff works really well anything that's interactive usually people are more willing to engage with and so pop-ups are still the best way to to collect that information and then as you grow you know what bigger brands start to do is they can actually they'll personalize their pop-ups so if you know you can kind of track you know you can track people's cookies on the website and then you'll know maybe they browse maybe it's a like for Nike or, or even, you know, even smaller apparel brands will do this. Maybe they know their, the user is, is going through the female category and they're looking at sports shoes related to tennis. You know, you can, you can kind of guess that based on what they're browsing on the website. And so the pop-ups will actually be personalized to that. Hey, get, get an extra 10% off tennis gear or, Hey, we have this sale on this certain t- female tennis equipment. And so as you grow, you can get more personalized because you have the amount of traffic to be able to do that. But early on, the, the fun site-wide pop-up is the best way to do it. And what if you're just starting out and I, you know, how do we get people to come to the site in general, if we just are launching and, you know, getting them to land on the site to fill out the pop-up? That's, I mean, that's, that's an effort in, I would say advertising or PR, which is something that you do, Lisa, or social media. I, I always, the, the brand, we work with brands as small as making as low as like $1,000 a month and as high as about 5,000 a month. And the small brands that grow quickly, they usually pick one channel that's their strength, whether it be Instagram or Facebook advertising, or maybe they have, they're very active within their niche in a certain community. But usually they excel with one channel and grow very rapidly and then hire people, experts in the other areas that they want to scale in. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the other um, part to that is just like we were talking about the content marketing and making sure that you're not relying solely on paying to play, that you are attracting organic sessions, whether it's through Google or through social media organically. And of course, you know, the opportunity for social organic has really gotten low because of it's just very competitive. So we do have to do the, the ads with social, but Google, you know, and the search engines and attracting free traffic there in earned media through PR too is a big play. So I, I really, it really bothers me to see companies that just focus on, you know, 95% of their efforts on paying to bring bring people to their site, because it's just going to get more expensive. Yeah. It is very risky to rely only on that. It can be an okay way to start, but yeah, anywhere where like, like you said, like PR or anywhere where your, your audience hangs out and it is in a smaller community is a good way, a good place to go and can be much cheaper than advertising and, and very effective starting out. Let's but, talk about SMS because that's, like I said, that's something that we really haven't talked about on any prior episodes. And I'm very interested in that. Yeah. How do you get started with SMS? So at, I would recommend it. And what we do for our clients is email is first email always for, for any brand email brings in more revenue and drives results for small and big brands. Always, it always drives more results and email is a richer experience, right? You can, you can have very, you know, great design in there. You can have longer emails. People are willing to invest more of their attention into email. 
Whereas SMS is a very small touch point and a lot of people aren't willing to hand over their SMS. So email, I recommend starting there. Once you have a list, an email list of maybe 3000 or more, that's a good place to start SMS. And you really only need a few hundred SMS subscribers to make the return on your investment in SMS or the, or the time you put into SMS to make that profitable. Because SMS has insane open rates and engagement engagement rates. You know, any if you if someone is willing to give you their phone number, they like your brand or they're already a customer and they're loyal, those are the people that will hand over their phone number because you can give them a VIP experience with SMS. Give them the best discounts, give them first access to new products, first access to podcast releases or a community that you're creating, that's usually what um, brands do with SMS. And so, you know, if you have even 100 people, you usually will see pretty high conversion rates on your SMS list. I've, I've seen from five to 30% conversion rate. So even with 100, you know, that's five to 30 customers. So are there certain platforms that you use for SMS marketing? For e-commerce, we use Postscript, which is a Shopify app. There's also SMS Bump, which we've used sometimes. Not as good as Postscript, but SMS Bump does have integrations with other e-commerce platforms. And then there's Attentive Mobile, which is a great one. They integrate with pretty much all platforms, but um, they are more focused on like medium to large businesses. So any of those platforms work really well. If you're on Shopify, I think Postscript is the most affordable, but also the most robust. So I'm just thinking with the PR brain right now. So could we use SMS as a way to just send out maybe like company news, like kind of lighter top of funnel, not conversion type of messages? Is it a mix? Yeah. So I, you know, when it comes to news or updates or promotions, SMS is a great channel for all those, but you just want to be careful. You want to think of SMS as kind of like a gold mine in a way, and you don't want to go and draw all the resources out too quickly. So, you know, if you're releasing news, for example, you can, you might have new news every few days or a newsletter every few days or a new, a new blog post. That's perfect for email. Whereas you want to save the best ones that you think your SMS audience will get a ton of value from or your best discount. Those are the ones you want to save for SMS. Black Friday maybe would be a good example for, for SMS, like a Black Friday sale versus like that would be like the biggest sale of the year or the biggest news of the year or the biggest podcast episode of the year, the, the you know top 20, like that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the size of your business. If your SMS list is small, you, you might save it for something like the biggest sales, big sales days, like four times a year. But as it grows, you know, you can start to send more. And if you're going to launch, maybe you're going to launch a new like community, which is a text platform, maybe you're going to launch a new platform to communicate with your audience there, right? That'd be something that you could speak about in SMS, or maybe there's a new service you add to your company to help your clients. That's something you could release with SMS. But as, as your list grows and as you see good engagement, you can start to send more up to like four to eight times a month. And then you can even, you know, as you get more advanced with it, you can segment your audience. You might have VIPs within VIPs, right? That want to hear from you multiple times a week versus the people who like, hey, just only once a month or only the big sales, right? So you can start to segment like that. And at some point, you know, you're sending a few texts, like five, six texts a week, but it's not all to the same people, right? Yeah, but in the, in, in the beginning, like uh, big, just big events, I, I would say once, twice a month at the most. Okay. And when it comes to content and creative with SMS, any tips on that? 
like short and sweet emojis? Yeah, it, it kind of depends on your brand with, with certain things like emojis, but across brands, GIFs are, are GIFs work really well. So, and it, it makes the text a little more interactive and stand out. A lot of brands don't do that. They just use text. So having some kind of fun image to convey whatever it is that the message that you're sending is going to make a bigger impact. Like, you know, a brand that says, hey, here's just 25% off for Black Friday, go, sh- you know, have fun shopping. They don't have anything versus a brand that, you know, has the same message, but a riot of people going to go break down the doors for Black Friday. The the second one with the, the fun image is going to actually trigger, you know, emotional, like it, it's like humorous, it triggers an emotional response. Yeah. So oh. you can do that. It helps a lot. I, I just get a few SMS now from, from brands that really the ones that stand out are actually the ones that have like the little animated GIFs in it that, you know, kind of go back and forth that really catch my attention, especially in, and they are econ sites. And there are these little boutiques that are in South Florida. I live in central Florida and they're primarily not e-com, but like during the pandemic, they started, you know, doing the SMS texts. And I think it's really brilliant because I'm top of, I haven't really bought anything, but it keeps me top of mind that when I go down there, I'm going to go to that store, you know? And I know it's still open. So you haven't bought? Oh, they only sell in phys- They don't sell online? But well, they, they, they do sell online, but they're primarily like a brick and mortar. They were primarily a brick and mortar. But during the pandemic, they transitioned into like making things available online. So they do sell online, but I just think of them more as a brick and mortar. So I, I'm just kind of like waiting to go and, and actually shop. But I, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a great brand awareness thing, you know, as yeah, well. I agree. It does. It kind of keeps me up on like what's what's in what's in style because where I live in Central Florida, it's not as stylish as South Florida. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. cool. And, and yeah, I mean, if they send a text to you, you're on the list. Ninety eight percent open rate on those. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I even forward it to my daughter and forward it to a couple of people like, oh, look how cool this is, or this is awesome. So I love that. There it is in action. It works. It does. It definitely does. So tell us a little bit about, do you have any events coming up where we could follow you? Any last words of wisdom for the audience? Yeah, we have a a podcast. We air episodes every week as well. It's called the Relationship Commerce Podcast. And we're also starting uh, e-commerce mastermind. We have about a hundred clients and we also interact with a lot of the different, you know, big software companies in e-commerce like Klaviyo, Shopify, Justuno. It's like a, like Postscript. We have partnerships with all of them and we want to bring everyone together to share knowledge. So that should be coming out in a couple of weeks, but to a month. But if you want to, to get in contact with us or follow us, our website is worth e-commerce. That's W-O-R-T-H e-commerce.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Ryan O'Connor, or reach out to us on our website or look up the podcast. If you have a cool sh- uh, story to, to share and you're in the e-commerce world, you know, please, please reach out. We'd love to have you as a guest as well. I love that. Definitely. And just tell us a little bit about worth e-commerce. Like how do you, how do you work with clients? What's your typical client? What are some of the programs that you offer? Yeah. So we do email or SMS with email. We strictly work with Klaviyo. We found that that's gotten the best results. We used to work with all email platforms, but Klaviyo, we found we get a better return for our clients and we can work on, we have one-time projects or typically we work on a monthly retainer and we help clients of all sizes from, you know, making as low as like a thousand a month, just, you know, pretty much just starting to five mil a month. So that 
to getting into the medium-sized business range. And we work with any brand except for luxury. That's the one brand we haven't seen success with. But we have a lot of fun niches that we work with, like CBD, pets, gifts and gag gifts, and fitness, health, beauty, apparel. So it's been across the board, but we do customize our approach for every niche. That's awesome. I have clients that are in the CBD space and um, email marketing and PR and brand awareness is so important because they really are limited right now with their marketing options when it comes to social advertising and PPC. I'm sure we have, we have close to 10 CBD clients. I'm sure they'd love to hear some PR strategies. I actually had a conversation with one just, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and they, they were having a hard time figuring out how to scale up their marketing efforts. So yeah, well, we'll have to collaborate. Yeah, See, we should. <laughs> See what happens from social PR secrets. <laughs> Relationships are made. So, well, thank yeah. you so much, Ryan, for being part of it. And I, I'm, I know that the audience definitely will be enjoying this episode and maybe we'll have you back again, or we'll meet up for a mastermind or collaborate with the client. So I really enjoyed learning all about SMS and also just the UX and, and email marketing. Everything is fascinating. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me, Lisa. You're an awesome host, very engaging. Ask great questions. It's, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, we'll see you again. Okay. Namaste. listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.